Have you ever wanted someone to walk alongside you as you do the thing? You know, the thing that makes your heart come alive and leaves our world more like Jesus than we found it. I know, and that's why I'm here. My name is Rebecca Dotson-George. I'm a speaker, writer, career coach, and just all around excited to be in your earbuds for the next few minutes. I'm a girl wildly passionate about cheering you on as you make God known in and through your creative mission. Here's the thing though, I know sometimes you can get discouraged. I'm not good enough. I don't know where to start. I can't do as good of a job as she's doing. These are all lies that we sometimes believe and I'm here to help you debunk those lies that are ruling your mind about your mission and replace them with truth from God's word. So. Buckle up, because I'll gather up my favorite seasoned and rising leaders in their fields to share inspirational stories, strategic advice, and hard-won wisdom. Welcome to the Do The Thing Movement Podcast. Do you ever get to the end of a podcast and just think, man, I am not done with that conversation. Girl, me too. And I love hearing from you about how not only the show is encouraging you, but also what God is stirring up in you as a result. And I just really wanted the opportunity to connect one-on-one with more of you. And that's why I've created a Patreon community. Patreon is an online platform that hosts bonus content and provides creators a way to hang out with their audience in a more intimate way. So here's how I'm going to use it. There are three tiers. First is the bestie tier, which will include access to the platform and extra conversations with all our guests that only Patreon besties will get to hear. These questions will not be shared here on your podcast platform. Then there's the VIP party tier. This includes the bestie tier and you get invited to a VIP party once a month on Zoom where we get to hang out, get to know one another better and maybe do some coaching in a group session from time to time. And then finally, there is the calling coach tier. In this tier, you'll be able to access the previous tiers plus have a 30 minute coaching call per month with me to talk about anything podcast, ministry or career related. How fun does this sound? So come on over to Patreon by downloading the app or visiting patreon.com and search Do The Thing Movement. I can't wait to meet you inside the community. Friends, today's guest needs absolutely no introduction. We have best-selling author and amazing speaker, Christy Wright, to talk about her new devotional, Living True. I had so much fun getting to know Christy. She is such a hoot, and I feel like we would be real-life best friends. So interviews like that are always fun for me. And um, I'm just excited to introduce you to her. We had the best time, and I think you're really going to love the message behind her new devotional. So let's welcome her to the show. Make sure you check out our bonus episode that we did with Christy over on Patreon. It was so sweet. You're going to love getting to know her better. And all right, let's go. Let me welcome our new friend, Christy, to the show. Christy, I am so thrilled to be with you today. Thanks for being on the show. Oh my gosh. Thanks for thinking of me. I'm so excited about this. Yes, this is going to be fun. We get to talk all about your latest book. It's called Living True, 40 Days to Get Back to You. And one of my favorite things to talk about, especially right now, because we're in such a weird time, is talking with authors about like, how did God put this on your heart? Like unpacking kind of the path to this message. Tell me all about that. 
Yeah. So it's interesting because, and I'm sure you see this all the time, Rebecca, with people that you talk to and questions that you get. A lot of times you will see themes in problems people have or the way that they describe how they're feeling. And one of the phrases I have heard women say for over a decade is, I just want to get back to myself. I just don't feel like myself. I don't even know who I am anymore. I hear some version of that and have for years. And I remember the first time I heard it, I was speaking at Purdue University 10 years ago. And this woman came up to me and she said, I don't even know who I am anymore. I was like, hmm, that's like, what an interesting way to describe this, this feeling that we have. Well, then for me becoming a mom, you know, six years ago, having three kids since then, having busy seasons at work, different things. I felt that in different ways in in different times in my life. And I thought, gosh, this seems to be a major pain point for women. And I felt God calling me to write a devotional. I you know, have my book, Business Boutique, that you mentioned. I've never written a devotional. And I felt God really calling me to lead a de- to, to um, write a devotional on this. And I thought, I think that this is the topic. I think yeah. this is the topic. How do you get back to you? Well, of course, I didn't know the answer to that. So I was like, okay, God, how, how, how do we do that? If we're going to tackle this issue, how do we do it? And I was on a plane uh, I don't remember where I was flying, but it was in 2019, super pregnant with my third child, Mary Grace. And um, I had I had kind of pitched my idea for this devotional to like our publishing department here within the company and, and that type of thing. And I just want to point out that our company of a thousand people, yeah. we've never put out a devotional. So this is kind of a big ask wow. for me to ask to get to do this new different thing, right? Like I've only sure. written one book and now I want to do this new thing we've never done. And so um, the publishing, the vi- vice president, president of publishing came back to me and he said, um, put together an outline. Like what would be in this devotional for your mm-hmm. kind of pitch? And I was like, okay. So I'm on this flight and I open up my tray table and I open up my laptop and I open up a Microsoft Word document. I've got a big pregnant belly and I'm like, I just pray. I'm like, okay, Lord, yeah. I want to write a devotional. I feel like you're calling me to write a devotional. And they're asking, like, I want it to be on how to get back to you. So how do we do that? Yeah. And I literally felt God give me these four things. I felt God say, I felt the the words come to me of, if you want to get back to you, you need to know four things. Mm -hmm. You need to know who God is, who you are, where you are, and where you're going. And all Mm -hmm. of those in relation to what he says about you in his word. And so I typed them out, those four things in order. I have not edited them, gone back, changed them, rearranged them. It was those four things originally in that order. And then it has just obviously come to life from that of having these scriptures and the stories and 10 days on each attribute and, um, and different aspect of that journey. And, and so I just, I think it's, it's definitely something that God prompted me to do, but then God fulfilled the answers for me along the way as well. That's so cool. And I, I mean, yeah, I love that you pull out that specific question because I mean, I hear that all the time as well. And I can even speak to my own personal story and say that I've been in a season of that. So this is the first time we've gotten to connect. So you don't know this about my story, even though my listeners do, but I got married a couple years ago. We're about to celebrate our second anniversary, which feels like crazy nuts. I, sometimes <laughs> it feels like we've been married 10 years and sometimes it feels yeah. like we've been married six months. <laughs> But I married a pastor. I moved from Tennessee where I had lived and loved everything about it my entire life to a super small town in South Mississippi, became a pastor's wife, left everything I knew and loved, joined an awesome church family here. But everything about my life was flipped upside down. And so there was this sort of like dust settling season for me of about six months to a year of just like 
I don't know, like, where's the box that I put my underwear in? You know what I mean? Right, like, right. You're, just, you're just getting your life figured out for a little bit. And then once that dust kind of started to settle, I had to navigate through like, what parts of me have I not picked up since, right. you know, right. I moved. Right. so it was, you know, what does my new rhythm of quiet time look like now that I'm married and life looks different. And I used to be a long distance runner and I've not put on my running shoes in months. And that is a little bit of why I'm feeling like a crazy person, you know? So this last year in a pandemic has been sort of along with going through that, me sort of finding my way back to who is Rebecca. And so I love this topic so much. And I think we're all seeking that right now. So I think this is just such a good time for this resource. So how would you want to encourage somebody who maybe feels this very thing of feeling lost or that a piece of them has been put on a shelf? We like to use that phrase as well, kind of during this season. How would you want to encourage them? Well, I, th- I think the one thing I would say is um, it's very easy in life to look to external factors to find your identity. And of course, as believers, we can say, oh, my identity is in Jesus. Check the box. That's yeah. a nice Sunday school answer. But the reality is, we do naturally find sources of our identity from our world around us. I am my children's mom. I am my husband's wife. I am a author, speaker. I am a runner. Whatever those things are, and those are not bad things. They just aren't the full picture. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if we could reset and refocus on who we are according to what God says about us in His Word, those are all things that can't be taken away from you. And so if so, if your job changes, if you have an injury and can never run again, you will it will still be hard and sad, but you don't feel like you've lost yourself because you realize your identity is not rooted in these external factors that can change or be taken away. And so I just want to encourage people, if you're feeling like you've lost yourself, there is a way for you to reset and refocus on who you are in God. And those are things that can never change and can never be taken away from you. And they give you this strength that you can build on and be like, oh, and by the way, I'm a mom and author and speaker and runner. Those are not bad things to enjoy and appreciate about yourself and your identity, um, but they're not the full picture. And so I think having that firm foundation allows us to stay rooted and feel strong and feel confident in who we are, even when or if those other aspects of our life change. Yeah, that's so good. It's kind of that thought of I'm not what I do. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of us, you know, we struggle with comparison and we look around and we spend our time scrolling on our phones. And then we wonder why we place our identity in things that are not the Lord. And so, yeah. And, and even you mentioned the pandemic, like, yeah. like for me, one of the things that I had this wake up call about, I don't know, three, four weeks into the pandemic was like, who am I outside of my achievements? Yes. Because I'm a doer, do, yeah. do, 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 go, 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 go. And we didn't go, go, go. And we didn't do, do, do anything other than take walks every night. And at first it was nice, but a, a couple of weeks into it, you're like, I'm having an identity crisis. Yeah. Who am I outside of my achieving and my accomplishing and my productivity? Yeah. And you're left with like, am I enough? Yeah. Just being me in my life without a to-do list. And, and, and it, those moments though, I think can be moments for growth for all of us when we, yeah. when we are faced with that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. So there's this piece of sort of let's rediscover where I feel like I've been put on a shelf and like, let's go back to that. But then there's also this overwhelm piece that I think a lot of us feel. So for a listener who is just coming to this conversation, feeling super overwhelmed by their season of life, 
where can they start to take steps back towards the life they want and the life that they feel called to live? Okay. I have a, I have a couple things in no particular order. Yeah. Um, the first one is practical and tactical and psychological. Yeah. Stop talking about it because the more you say, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so overwhelmed. Everybody talks to you. I'm so overwhelmed. It becomes not only larger than life to you, it becomes your reality in a much bigger way. So I'm not saying we're going to pretend like you're not overwhelmed. I'm not saying that we need to ignore our feelings or pretend to be happy when we're not, but some of us wallow in our overwhelm. Some of us have pity parties and we're inviting everyone to our overwhelm pity party. And we wonder why things don't get better. And we just keep fanning the flame of overwhelm going, I don't know why this fire won't get put out. And we're just pouring gasoline on the fire. So, so watch your words, watch what you give your attention to, what you put your mind to, what you focus on, what you allow yourself to stew about, because those things will grow. So I would say first, stop talking about it. That's a very simple thing that you can do to allow it to lessen it's power over you and your mind and your time and your energy and so on. The second thing I would, I would say is, um, is identify the source or sources. So mm-hmm. like if, if you're thinking about being overwhelmed, instead of just stewing and I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed to say, okay, why am I overwhelmed? I'm overwhelmed because I have a deadline that I'm behind on. Okay, cool. That, that gives you something tactical that you can take action on. Yeah. That gives you something tangible you can see. And it's not this shadow that just haunts you. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed all the time. It's kind of like fear. If you yeah. never write down what you're afraid of, if you never write down what you're overwhelmed by, it just haunts you. Mm-hmm. And, and you never are able to shake it because you never pinpoint it. And if you can't pinpoint it, you can't fix it. So I would just identify the source of that overwhelm. If it is a tough season, it is, I have a child that's going through a really difficult time. That is overwhelming. Okay, what can I do? I can take it one day at a time. Okay, I can have some quiet time. Okay, I can get some help. I can, you can write out some things to help you with the source of that overwhelm when you identify it. Um, The third thing I would say, in addition to stop talking about it and, um, and identify what the cause is, is I would say one of the things that you can do is when you begin to fill yourself up with good things, Mm -hmm. it makes you realize that it's a smaller piece of the picture. Um, You know, sometimes when you're in a tough season and let's say you're in a season of overwhelm, um, it can feel like that that is, it's always been that way Mm -hmm. and it's always going to be that way. And that's just not true. And so what I tell people all the time is don't confuse uh, stressed or exhausted or overwhelmed with your whole life is out of whack. Like, oh, my life is just a big kid. You know, we make these leaps and bounds mentally of like, I'm overwhelmed. So it's like my whole life is run. It's like, no, you're just having a tough day. Don't let a bad day or a tough week make you believe your whole life is out of whack. And so when you fill yourself up with good things, here's all the things I did yesterday I'm proud of. Here's all the things I'm grateful for this week. Here's all the things that are going right. Here's all the things that are good. As you fill yourself up with these things and focus on these things, they get bigger and bigger and bigger and you're fanning that flame. And then the thing that overwhelmed you, like, oh, I've got a deadline I'm behind. I was like, oh, I mean, that's not that big of a deal, right? Because like, look at all the things that are going right. And so it kind of circles back to what I said at first is if you focus on the overwhelm, it becomes larger than life to you. But if you focus on what is good, if you focus on what you're proud of, here's all the things I did right. Mm -hmm. Here's all the things I'm grateful for. Then you begin to have a a different level of confidence. And again, that overwhelm just gets smaller and smaller. It's like, oh, well, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I'm behind, but I can catch up tomorrow. And so I tell people all the time, uh, in anything in life, you will find what you're looking for. So if you're Mm -hmm. looking for reasons to be overwhelmed or discouraged or unhappy, you'll find them. 
And if you're looking for reasons to be happy and grateful and hopeful and proud, you'll find those too. And I think a lot of women in particular, myself included, so much of our guilt and overwhelm Mm -hmm. comes from focusing on where we're not, Mm -hmm. focusing on what we're not doing. We have 47 things on our to-do list and we do 45 of them and we focus on the two. Yeah. If you live your whole life focused on what you didn't get to, what you didn't accomplish, where you fell short, where you're behind, then of course you feel guilty. Of course you feel overwhelmed because you are never able to enjoy what you did accomplish, be proud of how you did spend your time, be present where you are in the moment that you're in. If you're at work, be at work. If you're home, be at home. If you're with your kids, look in the eye. Then of course you feel guilty, but instead simply being present where you are and being proud of what you did do again, will help you focus on those things. Those things get bigger and the overwhelm gets smaller. So those are a few tactical, practical things you can do, but it's not a perfect formula. It's a daily rhythm. I have to, I have to do this every day. It's not a, it doesn't, it's not a switch that you flip, you know, and it's over. Yeah. That's so good. And something that comes to mind that God keeps, I feel like putting at the forefront of my mind right now is just recounting his past faithfulness. Like when we're in a season where we're super overwhelmed or we're, it's easy to fall into that trap. Like you're saying, stop talking about it, but also like, just take a step back and look at what God has done. Like specifically in this podcast, whole world, like I started this a year and a half ago because I was a lonely pastor's wife in a small town and I needed an outlet. I had no idea that a year and a half from now I would in the last two weeks, interview some of my all-time favorite authors and people I never dreamt I would have gotten to have these amazing conversations with. And God has just poured out so much favor and provision over this whole like God dream of mine. And there are days where, you know, projects related to it, or I'll, I'll be stressed out or overwhelmed by those things. And I'm like, you know what? No, like God is so good. He That's is right. so faithful. And when I look at where I was at, even like a year ago, that's the thing that I keep coming back to is, is just picturing like, what did this look like a year ago? And what yeah. has God done since then? Yeah. And that just blows my mind. And that just draws me back to like a, just a part of gratitude when I'm in those. Yes. You know? Yes. The other thing I would add is it's so interesting because I think that one of the convicting things for me, Rebecca, is a lot of the words I use every day are words that are so not in scripture. I'm overwhelmed. Gosh, my life is just chaotic. It's such a mess. All these, I'm going, okay, well, those things are not from God. (laughs) If there's chaos in my life, God is not a God of chaos. He's not a God of busyness. He's not a God that rushes. He doesn't say, would you please, would you please just run faster? Would you please stay up later? Would you please take my burden? It's so heavy. You need to carry a heavier load. He doesn't say that. And so if we even check what we say, how we feel, how we live against what scripture says, it's almost this moment of conviction, not again, not in a guilty way, but in a way of going, okay, if my life is chaos, why? If I'm overwhelmed, why? Is there, is there pressure I'm feeling or pressure I'm carrying that is not mine to carry, that is not real or accurate or what God has for me? And there's an opportunity for us to go back to God and go, okay, I feel overwhelmed or I feel this pressure. God, help me see 
pressure that I'm feeling that is not from you and how I can either change something in my world to relieve the pressure or let go of that on my own. I'll give you a practical example. I had just, I have been feeling a lot of pressure um, the last few years, but specifically the last six to eight months with um, my middle son, Conley, just a lot of hard trying to figure out what's going on with him. And we pulled him out of this school and put him in that school and just, I mean, conversations with, with occupational therapy. And it's, I mean, you know, you just, it's, it's emotionally exhausting. And I just felt this pressure to figure it out and this pressure to get him on the right path, to get this, to get what he needs, early intervention, all this stuff, this pressure. And I uh, I called my mom one day and this is a couple of weeks ago. I don't even think I've shared this story publicly. So this is just me being super transparent, but I called my mom and just to see how she was doing. I was talking to her and she's like, how are you doing? And it was like the damn broke, you know, just like his, like, I didn't even know I was upset when I called her and like, I'm, I'm hysterical. Rebecca, I can't even catch my words. I'm like, (gasps) and she's like, and as I'm talking about my son and just like unloading of everything I'd been carrying, I said, I think I need to talk to someone. And she said, I think that'd be a really good idea. I called that day, got set up with a counselor in town that specializes in some of the things my son's going through. And I want you to know, Rebecca, that 50 minutes with that man that I believe may have been an actual angel (laughs) changed my life. I walked out of there a thousand pounds lighter and it's not because he gave me, here's the 47 steps to do. He was like, the pressure's off. Yeah. The pressure's off. He's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You don't have to figure it all out right now. He's four years old. This is going to get easier in two years just because he's going to get older. That one step set me free. I am a different person since that meeting. So sometimes it can be even seeking help and it doesn't have to be a counselor, but seeking help. And I believe God took me to that. God brought me to that counselor, had me had that awareness to lead to the steps that led to the conversation that set me free. God free. God used that man to take the pressure off. So sometimes when we're feeling pressure and overwhelm and chaos, I would go, where is it coming from? And how can God help relieve you of that? Because those things are not from the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A a question I'll ask myself a lot. I'm just saying this in a different way, but I do this all the time. Is like, did this thought or did the words that just came out of my mouth, did that come from God or did that come from the enemy? Mm -hmm. And taking back those moments is so important. I also like praise God for the people in our lives who can call that out in us and make the damn break because- I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I am a stuffer. I'm a, I stuff things under the rug until it's like a DEFCON 5 explosion. And nothing has shown me that like marriage. Uh-huh. And my husband is one of those people. I can, in a facial expression, he can pick up on like, Mm, okay, what do we need to talk about? Because you're not yeah. okay. And you're like aggressively so cleaning the dishes. You're like, I'm fine. I'm yes. just fine. We're fine. Yes. Like, and we have fine. to get through about seven on fines before the dam will finally break. But he yeah. is so kind to just like not give up on me. So I love, I love that you share that story. That's so good. And, you know, as I look back over the last year, I mean, every one of our lives were just marked by so much change, right? Like mm-hmm. that's, one of the things that I look back and see from 2020. And so how do you remind yourself of what is like constant, right? Like when life seems to just always be changing and what are some of those disciplines that maybe you follow in your own life that might be helpful to a listener? 
Yeah, you know, when we talking about the devotional, the first section in it is um, who God is. And I start there um, instead of starting with who you are, because not only because he created us and because he knows us better than anybody and because we're created in his image, but because he's unchanging. Yeah. I do change. I'm a different person than I was in my twenties. And that's a different person than I was in my teens and childhood, but he's unchanging. And I love how even scripture reminds us of that. God's invisible qualities. He is unchanging. So everything we read about God and his word from the fact that he is good, he is faithful, he is powerful, he is holy, he is all-knowing. All these things that were true then are still true today. So we can build our life on them. So your world might change, my world might change, your goals might change, my personality might change a little bit, my values may change, my priorities, but God doesn't change ever, ever. And so when it feels like that the world is like this crazy storm, you can, that is the anchor that you can cling to. That is the rock you can build your life on because you know that this is who he is and you can count on it. You can bank on it. You can bet your life on it. And so I think that's one of those things that, um, as cliche as it is, when you run back to scripture, you can know that your the scripture applies to you in your world, even though your world is changing because that is unchanging. Yeah. Yeah. And I talk about this a lot, but the thing about God that slays me is that, is that he doesn't change because when you think about everything else that you know, to be true about God, if, if he could change, if his immutability wasn't true and wasn't reliable, we couldn't trust anything else about his character. Mm -hmm. Right. And so just the fact that when everything around us is spinning, when everything around us is changing, the fact that like, Everything about the theology of what I know about God checks out with the mm -hmm. fact that he doesn't change. And that mm -hmm. just blows my mind. I love that so yeah. much. And it's such an encouragement to me. Um, well, there's something that we do here that I love in our Patreon community. And we allow our patrons the, just the chance to ask questions of our guests. Um, and it's always super fun when they get turned in. And we had a question from Janelle. And Janelle yeah. asks... If you were sitting in front of a woman who is struggling with confidence in herself, how can she keep God's truth in her head when she's really lacking confidence? Well, she asked about God's truth, but I feel like my answer is not. It's a different, I want to give her a different answer. Yeah. So the more you memorize scripture, the more God's truth will be in your head. It yeah. will naturally come out of you. Just the other day, I had a conversation with um, Rachel Cruz, who's a good friend yeah. of mine, and I know she's been on the show and we were talking about this situation going on in the world and we were kind of back and forth and like, this feels wrong. And why does it feel wrong? And trying to just like put words to it. And she came back around to me later that day and she goes, it's the fruits of the spirit. That situation mm -hmm. didn't have the fruits of the spirit. And that's why it feels so wrong. And your response was so fruits of the spirit. Yeah. And that's why that felt right. And I thought, you're right. And so yesterday morning, this is yesterday, I was putting on my makeup and I thought, I want to memorize the fruits of the Spirit. I know that seems really basic, but I didn't grow up in the yeah. church. So like all the songs yeah. that kids learned in Sunday school, I didn't learn. Right. So it's like, I'm going to memorize it. So I opened up it on my Bible app on my phone and I just memorized the fruits of the Spirit. And this morning I practiced it again because I thought that's what I want to be about. And so if I want to be about it, I need to have it in my head. So I need to memorize it. So mm -hmm. as as elementary and tactical as it may seem, memorize those things that you want to build your life on. That's how that truth will stay in your head. But I want to give you a more tactical thing when it comes to confidence. People think of confidence as a gene, like some people are born with it and some aren't. They think of it as a feeling, like when I feel confident, then I'll act confident. Um, they think it's a lack of fear. 
confidence is just fearlessness. You just know it's going to work out. You just got that attitude. And, and so if I don't have that, something's wrong with me. Here's what I want to encourage people. Confidence is a muscle. Yeah. And if you never exercise that muscle, that muscle is weak. That's yeah. okay. It doesn't mean you don't have that muscle. It means you just need to exercise it through practice. So let's talk about what that means. That means that you practice it through courage, mm-hmm. through acting confident, through doing things while you're scared. It's not that you don't have fear. It's that you do it with your fear and you do it anyway. But what's amazing is after doing it again and again and again, whatever that thing is that scares you, acting confident, even if you don't feel confident mm-hmm. and being brave through reps and experience and practice and strengthening that muscle, you build authentic, unshakable confidence. And so, you know, how I, we don't have to go into how I became a speaker, but it was an accident. I never set out to be a speaker. I never had a background in speaking. I just jumped into filling for Rachel Cruz one day, 10 10 years ago. They're like, can you speak? I was like, I think so. Never done it in my life. I walk on the stage and I'm scared out of my mind. I'm, I mean, shaking, quivering, scared out of my mouth. What am I doing? It's not just like the imposter syndrome, like you're a fraud. I'm like, no, I'm actually a fraud. Like, yeah. this is like proof. Like, I'm like, I, I don't belong here. But I went out there and faked it. Yeah. I just was like, hey, y'all, I'm so excited to be here. And I just pretended to be confident, even though I'm sweating profusely. Well, then the second time I spoke, I had to fake it a little less. And the third time yeah. I spoke, it was a little less. Yeah. 10 years now, it takes a lot to scare me. Like I, I am confident when I go on stage. I am when I say I'm excited to be here. I mean it. Yeah. That authentic confidence was built through practice. So mm-hmm. don't feel like it's a feeling you've got to sit around and wait till you just have it. Like a fairy's just gonna, you know, or it's a gene you don't have. It's not. It's not taking action when you're not scared. It's taking action when you're scared. You don't have to wait until you're not scared to do the thing you want to do. You do it while you're scared. And with every time you take action. You build authentic confidence. So whatever that thing is that scares you, that's the very thing you need to go do. I think it was um, Eleanor Roosevelt that said, "Nothing. uh, we, we gain strength, courage, and confidence by every situation in which we stop to look fear in the face. You must do the thing you think you cannot do. And so when you do that, it's, I want you to take action. I don't want you to just read scripture. That is good. But yes. a lot of people know scripture and they're sitting on their couch exactly. and they're doing anything and they're staying insecure because confidence is built through action. Exactly. That's so good. And can we talk about the fact that we're like indwelt by the Holy Spirit and how often yes. do we forget that? And we are yes. like so not operating in our own strength and in yes. our own ability. <laughs> yes. And I mean, in those moments of courage, it's like that's that's when the tactical, I'm going to memorize the fruits of the spirit, I'm going to dwell on the truth of God's word, that's when you like, that's when that gets real and you're putting that into action, right? Like totally. And and what's cool is, is you could throw it back on God. Like, like when God opens doors for you and you walk through those doors. So like, if I'm standing off stage and I am speaking to a larger audience of than I've ever spoken to before or a different audience that feels intimidating to me, which still happens for sure, sure. I'll stand backstage and I'm nervous. And then what I will say to myself, remind myself of is God put you here. Yeah. I didn't put myself there. That was never my plan or my dream. None of this was my plan. God put you here. So God must know something about this audience that needs to hear that I don't even know about. So I'm just going to be faithful and obedient. God, let me get out of my own way. And you do what only you can do because you put me here. 
And so just, again, putting it back on him, I love how in the conversation with Moses in Exodus, he's like, oh, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not eloquent. And God just goes, who gave man his mouth? Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you think it was about you? It was never about you. I'm going to use you despite you and your lack of speaking skills. And so just remembering that God has always used unlikely people to do unlikely things. And so if you feel unlikely, then you're in good company. You're just right in the position to be used. Yes, man, that'll preach. That's so good. Okay. This is so good. I have loved just getting to know you and talking about this new book. I'm going to say the name of it one more time for people who um, maybe didn't catch it at the beginning. It's called Living True 40 Days to Get Back to You. And what we're going to do now is hop on over to our Patreon community. So friends who are already subscribed over there, make sure you listen to our conversation with Christy over there and we can get to know her a little bit better. But for this part of our conversation, Christy, I'm so grateful for you. Thanks for being with me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I am so thrilled to have you be a part of this community. I wanted to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, did you know that when people rate and review podcasts on Apple Podcasts, it actually helps more people come across the show? And when that happens, the messages we're sharing get spread even further and we get to encourage more people. I can't think of anything more fun than that. So it would mean the world to me if you would do something that would take just two minutes of your time. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a written review. Tell me all about how the show is encouraging you and invite others to listen in. It truly means the world to this girl on the other side of the mic. And then number two, if you're loving the show and want even more content from Do The Thing Movement, hop on over to our Patreon page on your desktop or mobile device to listen to after the show bonus interviews, attend live Zoom parties, and receive extra coaching. Simply download the Patreon app or do it on your desktop device and search Do The Thing Movement. I would love to see you over there in that community. Thanks again for listening, and I can't wait to be back with you next episode. Same time, same place. Bye, friends.